sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And as promised, we are recording live right now from Monocle's Pizza in O'Fallon, Missouri. And how do you know we're live from Monocle's? Because you get all this awesome background noise that you're getting and well Blake got to experience me messing up the first two minutes of our recording so we're starting over again we're off to a great start here we're gonna do it again and do it better (laughs) that's right that's right we get a second chance well fortunately we're gonna talk all about this Missouri game unfortunately Missouri did lose by 10 points today we're gonna break down how Xavier Penson played we're gonna break down a big game from Kobe Brown also, if we got time, we might get to a funny story about how Blake actually bought a car at Mardi Gras in St. Louis one year. But you know what? Before we get to all that, we got to start with Missouri getting off to a 24-11 lead. About as good of a start as you could have hoped for. But yet, boy, the offense just really fell off. And what, what did you see? What, what, what was the difference after the beginning of the game there, Blake? Well, we, we were hot shooting out of the gates. I think we made our first five shots or something like that. We didn't didn't miss a shot early and then we just couldn't make a shot for a long stretch um I I think we went 30 minutes of game time between three-pointers that were made and certainly not between three-pointers that were attempted um you know Pinson Pinson made his first three-pointer that he took today and then missed his next seven and that's just kind of how the how the shooting went and how the how the game the game yeah, honestly, really. I felt like Pinson settled a lot more today than he had previously. Just, you know, eight three-pointers. You know, some of them were wide open in the corner, obviously. The one he hit was in rhythm, out of the offense. But I just thought he settled for too many threes at times today. Yeah, I mean, he, 13, 13 shots and eight of them are, are threes. That's not the ratio that you want from him. And I think he was – actually, he was really effective when he went to the goal. Yeah, he, I was going to say, you look at those two-pointers, you look at those numbers, yeah, he's one of eight from three but five of 13 overall so when he got in the paint when he got into the two-point range only missed one shot and he made some really tough ones yeah he did really absolutely tough, yeah tough yeah. some of those probably should have been in ones um yeah i mean he just the whole team three-point shooting just it went away um and again we had the lay we had issues early in the year would get to the basket and not be able to convert or you know, we did a good job rebounding, and we had a lot of second-chance opportunities that we didn't convert, just right. unable to make those those close buckets. And it just, it just sort of sunk us today. It was really shooting issues. It wasn't, it wasn't effort issues. I mean, we were, we were sure. in this game the whole time. Arkansas had to shoot very well to beat us. They did. Well, they only, had, they only had two offensive rebounds, which, if you listen to our preview show, is no surprise. That's their style. They don't have a lot of size, and they frankly just, they just get back on defense and say, to heck with the offensive rebound. And they made what three threes in the last minute to yep. just to kind of put it away and yeah. tough step back yep. threes and it was just they 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 made the shots they had to make to beat us. We did a good job of right. of getting rebounds and and doing all the things we could even though the shots weren't falling to stay in the game. Right, because I think we got within two under two minutes, but it, they just made shots and you got to give them credit for that. Uh, this is not the same type of loss as we had earlier, like the bad losses at A and M, where we collapsed in the second half, right. or at Mississippi State, or any of those other. So this is still a competitive game. You just it's a, it's tough to win on the road. Yeah, honestly, I I'm kind of with you in that I want to give Arkansas a lot of credit because, well, again, back to our preview episode. One thing I went with, you know, I said, hey, take Missouri plus six and a half here. And in part, part of my premise was that I didn't think Isaiah Joe coming back his first game would be necessarily on his game. Well. 
I still believe in that general premise overall. I'm not going to step away from that. But clearly in this game, Joe was, was completely on his game, hit clutch shots down the stretch, 5 of 10 from 3 overall, 6 of 12. Or I'm sorry, 5 of 10 from 3, 6 of 12 overall, 21 points. He was really good. Jimmy Witt was really good too. Honestly, I, I felt like early we kind of let Jimmy Witt get into his rhythm a little bit more than we should have. I just thought we were letting him just kind of dribble into – really easy mid-range shots for him and even when he'd miss him I'm just going he's getting too good of shots right now yeah we did a great job on Jones so we held we held Jones way under his average second game we've really held him down so that's we did a great job on him but but I think Pickett was on him most of the time again so give Javon a lot of credit he he come Joe comes off the you know off the injury and and drops 21 on us and this Sills guy comes off the bench with a big performance yeah he was four and six from three those two guys right I mean that's they, they between them they made nine nine three pointers. We made right. four as a team. Sure, and, and that's really your difference in the game right there. I mean, you just look at Arkansas's percentages. You know, they were just so much more efficient, and like you say, they they had to be because they're not getting a lot of extra possessions. You know, they they don't crash the boards at all. And there's just a couple key situations where they were able to hit that three to stop a run yeah. or hit another three to to push their lead a little bit. You know, to two possessions here, two possessions there. Sure. You know, there was a particular time where I don't know exactly what point in the game it was, but we had about five offensive rebounds and about five missed tips, and they go back the other way and make make a three. Is just yep. You know, it's a, it's a five point swing. Yep. You know, it's just ugh. yeah. There were definitely a couple times there where we would just where we needed a hoop. It felt like we had a great chance at a hoop. Would just miss it, and then so often when you miss those easy opportunities, it ends up an unbalanced floor on the other end and a fast break opportunity for the other team. So, yeah, definitely I think that's pretty correct. And, you know, we'll talk more about the the extremely hot Xavier Pinson coming in to this game, how we thought he played today, plus Mr. Kobe Brown and everything else about this game coming right up. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I got to say, as, as somebody who sort of subscribes to the, the keto diet so I don't get too fat, you know, Blake, I struggle with weight in my life occasionally in the past, but... So what I do is when I splurge on pizza, I like to go thin crust. So you know who has a really good thin crust pizza? Monocle's Pizza in O'Fallon, Missouri. Don't yes. forget their pan pizza, though. Well, of course I was going to say, but you can, you're feel free to disagree with me. You want to go with the pan I'm variety? I'm a carb hog. Well, that's yes, you are. Stuff me with you breading have, and toppies. You have a better metabolism than me. What can I say? <laughs> but, you know, if you're watching the weight, you got to go with that thin crust. I just love the crispiness, but that's just me. Of course, you can't go wrong with the toasted raviolis if you're in the st louis area nor can you go wrong with the pepperolis those fresh baked rolls filled with pepperoni puree and four cheeses oh of course you can dine in carry out or get it delivered through the monocles app or at monocles.com that's m-o-n-i-c-a-a-l-s.com and of course on grubhub 
as well. Get $5 off a large specialty pizza when you mention Locked On or use the online promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. Give them a call at 636-980-1212 off 1224 Highway K in O'Fallon, Missouri. That's Monocle's Pizza. Let them know Locked On sent you. Well, I will say, Blake, before before we get into Xavier Pinson and, and Kobe Brown's game, among other things, you know, we've talked about the officiating and just our dissatisfaction with the officiating a lot this season. You know, so I do feel like, to be fair, we do have to say, I, I like the officiating today. You know, there were hardly any fouls called in the first 10 minutes of the game, and you know, I thought with good reason. I, I just felt like both teams were playing solid defense. They weren't really fouling. It just seems like sometimes these officiating crews look to call for fouls. And I'll, I'll just say, this crew, I thought they did a really good job today. Yeah, I, I think we, you know, we spend a lot of time complaining about the officiating, and rightly so. Sure, it's, it's definitely not good, especially yeah, I think it's in, fair. <laughs> in this conference. But today, it was. You know, it didn't detract so much from the game. It, exactly, it, it bogged it down a, the second the half. Game. Bogged yeah. down a little bit, right. but but overall, yeah, yeah can't, can't complain much. I think what they did a good job of is, you know, the fifty-fifty situations where, you know, where is the guy set? Is the guy the aggressor? Well, if if it's neither, if neither case is clear, the the, con, the contact is not a, a foul. It's just incidental contact, or you know, two guys going for a ball and bump each other that's not necessarily a foul every single time so you don't have Agreed. to blow a whistle anytime every someone time contacts falls down right. especially right. an offensive player oh, I will say handler. Arkansas where is this are, is this SEC basketball or is this the, the Champions League you know what I mean? these guys are playing like they're floppy this is <laughs> This, this, is Euro- this, is, this is European soccer oh, for the if, Razorbacks. If, if, if none of you saw Adriel Bailey against Florida this past week, I believe it was on Tuesday night, but just one of the most blatant fouls in the history of basketball. I mean, he's like standing there in a huddle practically, and somebody kind of breathe. Imagine Lance Stevenson breathing into LeBron's ear if you're an NBA fan a few years ago. That's about how, as much contact as there was on this play. Bailey just flops back, falls down, and the guy for Florida got a technical foul. And that made me think, what in the world happened to the flop warning? It seemed like we had about 8 million flop warnings in November and December, but now they've all gone for the most part. I know there's exceptions to that, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of the NFL with the offensive pass interference reviews. They're like, this isn't working. Let's just right. stop doing it. <laughs> I believe we had we got one called for us against Mississippi on Tuesday, uh-huh. I believe. Uh, we we should have had three or four of them today, at least. I mean, Arkansas was just bailing out for those those calls. And Incredible! Can you imagine if Tillman had played? Oh my god! Those guys would have been diving into the seats. Oh geez. By the way, speaking of Tillman, that was kind of weird that he didn't play, right? Like there was all the talk before the game was, "Is oh he'll be available?" Were you? Surpri- I was surprised that he didn't get any minutes. Weren't you? Yeah, I mean, if if he is able to play, I I think you would play him, right? Um. Our bigs didn't. I mean, we we rebounded well. I mean, we had a lot of rebounds. But yeah, I didn't feel like our was, bigs were particularly effective. There tonight. was a stretch in the second half where they they worked at Tonico for a couple buckets. But other than that, they yeah they didn't they weren't much of the game plan. Today, yeah, I didn't think. And you know, there was times when uh, Parker Brown and Trey Jackson played together. So and I pointed out that in this matchup, I thought we don't necessarily have to worry 
about Nico playing so much, even though I like Nico. I'm just saying we can we can get away with the smaller type lineups. But boy, when you really look back on it, Nico was more effective than anybody. And I don't know that those that that Jackson that that Jackson and uh, who am I trying to say Jackson and Brown lineup really was all that effective offensively. Well, but well, Trey only got four minutes, right. so free Trey Jackson, right? Four first half minutes and no reappearance, right? Is that? That was actually a common theme during our 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 bad skid, right? You know, and we, we wanted to free Trey, right? Well, I mean, he would get those those odd first half minutes and never show up again. Yep. And I mean, he, I thought he was fine in his in his four minutes. He he had a good he got a, a good bucket on the baseline. I mean, uh-huh. was, I thought he was fine. Parker Brown seemed to be fine. Everything seemed to be fine. Parker Brown had a good block. Sure. Uh, I I would like to see. I'd like to have seen more of that. I'd. I think we kind of might have turtled up a little bit. Conzo might have turtled up a little bit in the second half and just stuck with the starters because of it was it was close or we were trying to come back or I'm, I'm not sure. We it'd been a while since we've been playing from behind because we we have had the lead in the last four games for the vast majority of the clock. So I feel like Conzo maybe was a little more freewheeling, felt a little safer to experiment and see what he could do. Yeah, and I think maybe being behind for the first time huh. for for a considerable amount of time in a game. It, it seemed like the lineup, but what he did do a good job of. Eventually, was you know we complain about sometimes he doesn't ride the hot hand, right? Because starting out of the gate, this is where we're going to go into Kobe Brown. Kobe, so we waited too long. I got to talk about him. Okay, so <laughs> uh, out of the gate, Kobe Brown scored our first, like seven of our first nine points. He was uh-huh. three for three, and then he disappeared for a long stretch. We're like, where's Kobe Brown? But then he wound up playing almost the entire second half and let my boy play and seventeen and ten. First career double double. I mean, he was he was the guy in the second half. Right. He had a really nice. I remember we noticed he had a beautiful behind the back move, kind of to it to it from right to left, going to that left baseline. I remember at one point there was an interesting quote from Conzo Martin. I know Kobe was more of a perimeter player when he was in high school. Conzo actually said he could maybe see him ending up as a point guard, believe it or not, like a big point guard. Is that something you could see? Because I, I don't really see that. I see him as being a good ball handler, but an actual point forward? I, what do you see there? Well, he ran He ran that position in, in high school or uh-huh. on his AAU teams, and that was something I think that, honestly, it sort of confused the, the scouts. So he, I think he was kind of like a low four-star, high three-star uh-huh. throughout his recruiting process, yeah. because I think they thought that he had a body for a forward, but he has this skill set of a guard or like the mentality of a guard but i i think i don't think he's afraid to get physical i don't think he's afraid to mix it up but he does have skills that translate to the perimeter and translate to ball handling and, and passing so are you you're thinking he could be like a what is uh what's phil pressy's dad's name uh paul pressy paul pressy was it he was a point forward in the nba right that was his that was his thing okay so that's now that's a throwback so i was thinking more like mason jones for arkansas something like that you know he's like six six or so handles the ball up the top of the key a lot but yeah paul pressy sure that was, let's, let's paul, go back let's go back 40 years yeah, Why yeah not? paul pressy was like the original <laughs> he was the original point, timely very yeah, timely the original point forward and that's how you know uh, phil got all those skills came and go anthony mason on me 25 years ago come on I, I, this is the mizzou tie-in man this is <laughs> i'm the, just i'm this just is a Mizzou, this is a Mizzou podcast. If I'm, if I'm correct, sorry, my so, bad. Yeah, I, I won't ever make any jokes ever again. <laughs> my fault. But speaking of that, <laughs> we'll have some more fun moving forward. By the way, we didn't get to our Penson talk. We we kind of got to Kobe, but we'll get to Penson right after this. All right, Blake. Well, let, let's get to Xavier, Xavier Penson. 
you know, as hot as he's been lately, you had to know he wasn't going to break his career high once again tonight, right? Well, you know, I just thought Pinson settled for too many threes tonight. I thought that was his big problem. You look at his five turnovers, honestly – there was one or two of them that I thought were maybe on the officials a little bit, like that carry call. Eh. I see seven turnovers on this sheet. Are you seeing seven? Okay, yeah. I'm only seeing five. I guess I should. Oh, tell you my bad. I need to no, refresh. it's seven assists. Seven assists. Okay, there I'm we sorry. Go. I'm sorry, Sex Xavier. I didn't mean to do you like that. <laughs> I was gonna say, geez, throwing throwing shade on my boy's name there, but I never, never put would some I respect, never put some respect on Xavier Pinson's name. Nothing but, but respects. <laughs> but for real though. I just thought he settled for too many threes tonight because if you look at it, he's one of eight from three. So that makes him four or five from two-pointers, if I'm doing my arithmetic correctly there, and I believe I am. But it just seemed like the driving was working again. Did he, he thought he settled too much. Was that something maybe Arkansas was trying to sucker him into? I'm not, I'm not sure why he wound up shooting all those, all those threes. I think they were going under on some screens. I will say that. I think that was why he was pulling some of those. I, I don't think I – there weren't many of them that I hated at, at the time that he, that he shot them. Uh, he made his first one, so that seemed like it was sure. off to a good start. Then he misses. That next was seven. off a swing into the corner. Yeah, that, a lot that was of why. Them were off the yeah, balance, perfect. Yeah. The uh-huh. offense was working. The at that point in the game, that's when we were making shots, as we alluded to earlier. But yeah, and the, he just he was so effective when he decided to drive. I mean, he made some incredible some circus shots down there today through contact. And um, I mean, I wish he'd have done more of it. I. Drew Smith did a great job of getting in there too. It, it's it's interesting that this is the team that we're going to play that has by far the smallest lineup that we're going to run up against. Right, and this isn't Mississippi State or sure. or Alabama. Or, this is they're small. They don't start a guy over six. Well, six, Bama's relatively small, but say West Virginia was way bigger. Right. Like they were a beast on us. Or and Illinois and Skeetishville. Illinois, yeah, sure. Skeetishville. <laughs> you just love that. I'm joke. never giving you that up. That never joke. giving that up. Anyway, well, you won't let me say the other guy's name, so I have to say. Uh, but yeah, just strange, kind of that the that we had again the aforementioned struggles with finishing around the basket, and then Pinson didn't get to the basket as frequently as he as he had been the last several games, and I think he shot fewer free throws than he'd been shooting, and didn't shoot them as well today. So, yeah, um, yeah, just too many threes. I wonder if you know he'd been shooting so well from three point. In the last three or four games, I don't know if he thought that that would carry he over. He may have fallen in love and, with it a little too much. And then you make your first one, and sure. you feel like it's going to yeah. continue. But again, I, I don't think necessarily that a lot of those were bad shots. I, I can't, kind of agree with you, really. One, he got caught, had to shoot at the end of the shot clock, yeah, I think. Sure. That was kind of a, that's you know, happen. throw that one away. It's going to happen when you have the ball in your hands a lot. Right, so I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not mad at a lot of those shots. I, I do wish that he had gotten the middle more. I, wish, I just wish we'd made more layups, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and really, when it comes down to execution, my biggest problem of anything, and this isn't just of this game, but you know, it's a continual theme of the Conzo Martin era, our inbounds plays, our inbounds passes are absolutely terrible. We've joked about this before, but if it's not if, funny anymore, if Reed Nico's not on the court, <laughs> right. we can't inbound on the offensive end. Yeah, because basically all they do is they yeah. stick Reed ten feet away, and you have to throw like kind of a lob pass. Yeah. He puts his big paw in the air. He's like, "Hey, throw it up here," and it's like that's all they do. That's the only one that works. But somehow, I don't know. I've watched a lot of basketball in my life. You know, there are actually plays that you can run. The old stack? You can actually try to get a basket. Like, it's possible. You can try to score off an inbounds play. I know this is a crazy concept. Apparently, the Missouri basketball team. But, listen, I'm not trying to kill Conzo here. But 
This part is starting to irritate me a little bit. I'm just tired of watching four. I'm tired of watching one guy inbound while four guys just stand there when we inbound the ball on the baseline. What is that? I'm not like, sure. Have put some pressure. See, the irony is, it's like we're trying to obviously run a safe play that gets the ball in bounds. But to me, the irony is, if you try to attack, if you run a play that's actually going to try to attack the basket, get you an open shot. That forces the defense to do stuff, and that actually ironically makes it easier for you to get the ball in because now the defense is scrambling. They don't just have to sit there and just guard one guy, essentially. I I just don't understand that strategy at all. I really don't. Yeah, if one guy is – or a couple guys are threatening the basket or threatening to put themselves in a a position to to catch the ball with an opportunity to score, well, the defense is going to focus on them, and then you're – other guys will be left alone, and you can inbound to them safely if you're right. not able to get it to the guys that are cutting. Right. Uh, they they ran that the the Reed Nico play to Torrance Watson one time, and it worked. I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, Torrance is about six inches shorter yeah. than Reed. Yeah. So again, it's like if you're doing that high lob pass, I just don't understand that at all. I really don't. That's honestly much more so than whatever half court offense Missouri's running. We still get generally pretty good shots at times. The inbounds plays. I mean, we need a total reexamination. Just something like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. We're an A plus on inbounds, full court inbounds plays. That's right. With two seconds That's to go, right. uh, we're it's about a D. <laughs> any other point in the game? Oh, I think it's an F. To be honest, I think it's an F. I really do. I, I can't even go D. It's that bad. But I don't know. If you guys think I'm overreacting, well, hit me up. At 321, no wait, 573-321-5499. And you know what? I think we'll, we'll, save, your, we'll save your Mardi Gras story for a time when I, when I really need some content. How about that, Blake? Okay. We'll so you have to at least address this because you brought it up early. Say, I was going to say, I've, I've teased it, but we'll, we'll maybe get to it next week. How about that? That's fine. You, you guys, you okay with that, audience? Yes, we're okay with that. All right, sounds good. All right, so you know what? I guess we should get westbound down I-70 here pretty soon back to Columbia. Come, so Come on, here we come. That's right. For Blake Stark, I'm John Miller, live from Monocles, from O'Fallon. This has been Locked on Mizzou.